0: Good afternoon and hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada with episode number 26 of the Yacking Podcast. And we talk to you about life, business and more, and we bring you tips and ideas for the changing world that we find ourselves living in right now. As always, we have an interesting guest for you today, but uh, first I must welcome my co-host down in Kitchener, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. Welcome to the show again.
1: Hello, Peter. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate you tuning in to our podcast as well as our videos. So thank you so much. And and yes, of course, we have another special guest and I can't wait to hear all about her business. Um, Please welcome Paula Stenguedes. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kathleen and Peter. And uh, Paula, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Just tell us about yourself. Certainly. So I live and have lived in
2: Kitchener since 1983, married to my husband for 35 years this year. We have four adult children between the ages of 28 and 32. Yes, you got that right. None of them are twins or quadruplets.
1: <laughs> and
2: uh, we love living in this community, although my heart takes me back to Sault Ste. Marie, where I was born and raised. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right. So can you tell us about how you started MP Tours and what was your inspiration? For sure. Thank you for letting me talk about it because it really
2: is a passion of mine. I'm a firm believer that everything begins with a story. And most stories begin with our childhood. And so the earliest memories I have are of growing up in Sault Ste. Marie in what we called the West End. And the West End was an ethnic neighborhood, mostly Italians, many immigrants, and uh, my family's history is both Italian, Ukrainian, and Polish. And what I remember about growing up were the family gatherings and the neighborhood community gatherings. They held such significance for me. I looked forward to them. For the camaraderie, for the food, for the music, for the culture. And while that I think was buried for a long time, I think that was the inspiration for MP tours because those were wonderful experiences growing up. We did not have enough of a lot of material things, but we had a lot of relationships and we had these great vibes in our community. And I All through my growing up years, I was motivated and inspired by food, by family, by culture, and as I got older, by travel. So I've been traveling to Italy since the early 80s and uh, finding my roots. Where did I come from? And I had a particular relative, an aunt, who I thought she was just marvelous because she traveled all over the world. And I said, someday I want to be like Auntie Elda. Well, you know, things went their own way, and I had other uh, businesses and and lives to, to lead. But then one day, about seven years ago, I was talking to a friend in Italy. And she said, we should go into business sometime. And I said, well, what could we do together? You're a super saleswoman in Italian kitchens, and I'm a trainer in Canada. And then I said, and you live there, and I live here, and people from here love to go to Italy who doesn't love to go to Italy? put your hands up and uh, uh, so what we said was let's try one one trip and see if we could do that and from that in the first year we did five tours she decided hospitality traveling wasn't what she was into and I just took it and ran from there so you know it's it's been up and down it's not a big company but our focus I don't know if this is backwards for you, but it's small group food and wine tours. Mm-hmm. And initially it started on the Adriatic coast of Italy, but uh, we've moved a little bit with that I, as well. I'm curious, I have to ask, what does MP stand for? It stands for Marchegiana So people who are, there are 20 reasons in Italy. Those regions equate to our provinces in Canada. The region that I'm from is called Les Le Belle Marche. It's not Le Bel Marche. It's not French. Ah. It's Le Belle Marche, which is plural for the marches, which is probably the least known region of Italy. And that's where my family is from. People who come from the Marche are called Marchegiani. So it's Marchegiana, which is for female Pola, MP. It harkens back. But I will say, after all of that description, I'm going through a rebranding. Okay. And and that's an exciting uh, place to be at as well. So it will be MP Tours for a while, and we're not sure what it's going to turn into. Interesting.
0: Uh. (laughs) So... Paula, in, we know that Italy's been really hard hit by the virus and the shutdowns. And, and I understand from reading that it's coming out of it quite well right now. Um, do you have any family there? Have they been seriously affected?
2: Uh, so the good news is nobody I know in my Italy circle has been affected by COVID sure. personally. So I'm very grateful for that. I mean, health-wise, that is. Sure. On the economic side, it's been a it. catastrophe. Yeah. Yes. No, I, so, so. I mean, the, the Marque region itself is one that has very many peasant roots, uh, very simple food. It's not an industrial center. Uh, many people live in the Marque their entire lives, and they even don't travel to other parts of Italy. Uh, so their jobs are very service oriented. They're very local and they rely on tourism. Mm -hmm. Well, we know what's happened to that. So my cousin, who owns a pizzeria in a little mountaintop town, has been closed. They do a thriving business in regular times. People come from along the Adriatic coast to her pizzeria. She's not been able to open until just recently. And you know, the way Italians eat, there's no such thing as social
0: distancing
2: and it's all family style. So we're uh, passing the pizza and passing the salami. So it's really devastated their business and all the business along the coast. And then I think of my tour providers, my tour operators there nobody is coming to them. And it's going to be very hard to convince the Italians to go other places as well. So economically, it's a disaster. Oh dear. The, the good thing about it is the Italians, I think, have a wonderful spirit mm-hmm. and uh, cannot be put down. And uh, for that, I am grateful. So I'm hoping and counting on resilience and uh, not a second wave.
0: Right. I, I've got to ask you, you say on the Adriatic coast, I know the, I know which coast that is, how, how far up your your region?
2: So in terms of a marker, we are called Central Italy. Central we are Italy. part of Tuscany, Umbria, and okay. Le Marche are the three. We're about three hours south of Venice.
0: Okay. i got a good idea. So you're in one country there then, Tuscany.
2: Yes. Yes. Well, uh, and you know, People have started to say that the Marche is the new Tuscany. I take issue with that. Uh, uh, the Marque is its own, uh, wow. and Tuscany is its own. But we have over 4,000 cantine or wineries in the Marche.
1: Wow. Just wow, in
2: the wow, Marche, wow, wow. 4,000.
1: Yes.
0: I, I can see Kathleen likes her wine. I can see she's, <laughs> as soon as the planes are flying, she's going to be on her way. <laughs> Over to you, Castine. I'll stop being rude <laughs> now.
1: Actually brings us to our next question, uh, Paula. Any idea when Italy might open again where you would be able to, to resume right. your, your tours? Well, in terms of international travel, we're certainly
2: not looking this year. I had five tours booked, one in March in May to the Puglia, region, which is south of the Marque, Uh, a small group again to the Puglia in June, and then um, to the Marque region, two tours, one in August and one in September, and none of those are going to go, and we're hopeful that by next May, we will be able to resume. My plan is to go over to Italy, if everything is okay, to do so in around February, I want to see what the new travel experience is like. I want to be informed about, you know, how to help people through. Because part of my brand and my value is you pack your bags and you don't have to do anything else. You just come along and enjoy. So, you know, it's very disconcerting, especially in different times to have to figure out, well, am I going to have to do this or that or whatever? And things are changing. And I want to just say to people, follow me and this is what we need to do. So uh, Italy has opened its borders to the EU. EU. right? Yes, and there are a lot of German travelers in particular who come to the Marque region. They love the sea, they love the, the sand, they love that beautiful lush area. Uh, will they come? I don't know, I'm waiting to see, but I can tell you that my colleagues there are not getting bookings Mm, yet. So it's still very quiet. People are very cautious. And uh, so, you know, um, I think it's going to take a while. And, you know, I don't blame people. Of course, we'd all like to get back. But does that mean being sick somewhere else? No, uh, we don't know what, to, and, and many of my travelers are over the age of 40 men, you know, uh, so we're kind of in that age group. I mean, the oldest I've had is 85. She's uh, two of them have come on all three of my tours. Wow. And so yeah, real travelers, you can't hold them down but I am not ever going to put people in a situation where they're compromised and um, health is everything. So if, you, if you're if you not healthy, you can't travel. So I am daily watching what is being said, what is being read, you know, looking for leadership in the travel industry.
1: And we should be telling our viewers as well that this is being recorded on uh, June 16th. So that's ah. for you. Uh, Paula, can you tell us some of the experiences you've been able to curate for yeah. your
2: neighbors? Sure, Kathleen, and, and it really is about experiences that uh, people come for, uh, things that they can be immersed in. I say that we don't live life like the locals. We live life with the locals. So that's a really important part of tourism here. And just as an aside before I talk about the experiences, What is important for me is that the travelers know that the money that we spend goes to people who live there, not to an offshore conglomerate that is making big money. So all of the experiences are curated with local people. So of course we do things like making pasta and understanding pasta production, but we do that in small artisanal factories or with women who have been doing this since they were five years old with their nonna, and they do that every day. We have learned about uh, the olive oil production. Mm-hmm. Puglia is an area that has sixty million olive trees. Wow. They say wow. Wow. one olive tree for every resident of Italy. Yeah, but and so and it provides forty percent of the olive oil. For the
0: country.
2: Is that right? Wow. Yeah. So we'll go to a small production facility. And as I say, whether it's olive oil in the bottle or wine in the bottle, I'm interested in people hearing about the story that's in the bottle. So who was the family? What? How long have they been in this? And what does it mean for them? So there's olive oil experiences. We also, of course, visit wineries. And last year in Puglia... We were in a winery that is and has been family-owned, forget this, 26 generations.
0: 26 generations. Wow.
2: Like, that's hardly conceivable. And, you know, uh, Canada, we're such a, a young country, and we talk about, you know, 150 years. But in this family since that time, it's the second oldest winery in the world after one in France. Wow. So, So we do that. And and the people are not arrogant. They are humble people who talk about their roots and the importance of the earth and what it gives to us. In addition to that, we've done some sea excursions. So we have a lovely gentleman who takes us on the Adriatic coast because seeing Italy from the coast is very different from seeing it on the land. Mm -hmm. And so he has a converted fishing boat that he takes us along the coast. And while we're there, he uh, turns over the piloting of the boat to his staff and he cooks us pasta and fish ah. while he anchors sometimes. And we jump into the Adriatic Sea for a little cool down. So it's really quite delightful. We've also been um, to cheesemakers because that's a, a really important piece of the, the Mediterranean lifestyle. And understood how important the art and craft of being a cheesemaker is people spend years and years perfecting that craft? I think of like in uh, um, uh, you know, other societies where you learn, for instance, how to make rice and it takes you seven years before you can actually do that. It's the same thing with cheese making. I had one traveler who said, I'm not going to Italy any year a- anymore, and then I said, Oh, we're doing a burrata cheese making experience. She said, I'm coming
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so. Uh, we also picked grapes in a vineyard last fall in Sicily. And then we participated in the harvesting of those and the initial pressing of those grapes. And uh, it's just wine. That's It's just grapes, rather. That's all they put in and talk about a wonderful product to have. So and then for fun, we do some gelato making. So there's all kinds of experiences, and uh, one that we would have had this summer would be to stay in a castle that was created in the fifth century, and uh, we would have stayed there. It's been totally renovated by a family, and we were going to do a wellness and wine
1: experience there. That'll have to wait for next year. Oh my it's, God, that sounds just magnificent. Sounds
0: absolutely. wonderful, doesn't it?
1: absolutely want to go. So uh, typically how many people do we have on a yeah. tour? It ranges,
2: but no more than 16. So the uh, for me, a perfect group is 12 to 14. Mm-hmm. That gives us enough variety and diversity for people to meet each other and or for people to come with, you know, another couple or two couples and for me to mix and match those. So for instance, our Puglia tour would have had 16 people. Our um, a tour at the castle, we could only accommodate eight princesses because they all had one room. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then other ones, you know, 10 to 12 is kind of where we go. That helps us Uh, You know, when we have cooking classes, be able to all have a role to play and be hands-on. And then we have smaller uh, vans or buses to take us around, and it's more intimate. It's not like you need to have, we call them whispers in the tour operator's language, uh, the headsets and the microphones, you know, with a group of 30 or 50 Everybody can hear and everybody can. Uh, yeah, and it's very nimble as well. So if I said, oh, I just heard that this new restaurant is opening and I have reservations, you can do that with 12. You can't do that with 50. No. We, yeah. we love to good. be spontaneous.
0: <laughs> Paula, I was going to ask you what sets um, your, your, your business apart from everybody else's. I think you've really <laughs> told us already all about that. So So that's great. Yeah, I really... I like the idea of the small tour, just uh, to digress slightly. I went to Spain and Portugal and Spain last year to walk on the Camino de Santiago, yes. and what I really enjoyed was the history and that mm. I spent twelve days walking through little villages and towns and meeting oh, locals and,
1: wonderful.
0: and it was fantastic and The Italian yes. connection, of course, is I walked down one road that had a sign and it said the Roman way, I think it was number 19. And that has been a Roman road for 2000 years, right? It's
2: really incredible. Yeah, you
0: can walk, follow that route still back to Rome eventually. Yes, you can. Is
2: that the Via Flaminia?
0: Via Flaminia, yes, it was the Via Flaminia. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. And 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 it goes right to the Adriatic.
0: Yep there's the sign on the side of the road and it's been preserved and uh, without, I don't want to waste time, but what impressed Mm -hmm. me was walking along footpaths, stone footpaths on the side of a stream that it said they were there from Roman times. So the, they were all dished from the footprints where people have been walking for 2000. And I'm sure if you've got wineries that go back 26 generations, there will be
2: that history
0: built into those places. So fantastic. Oh,
2: for sure. What a great experience, Peter. I love love hearing about these things because that for me is the essence of travel to really feel the meaningfulness of the places that you're in and uh, drink in the history Pun intended, uh, and the culture that built that uh, country or that region. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: that no, was wonderful. Tell me, um,
2: what
0: what are the winters like in in your part of Italy? There, So miles if you're going straight.
2: Yeah, it, uh, in the Marche, it. It, uh, in the wintertime, let's say January, February, they may get snow, mostly more, though, in the mountain areas. Sure. So the Sibillini Mountains are the mountains, mm-hmm. mountain range that's there. But on the seaside, it would be 9, 10... 11 degrees in the winter. Uh, it's funny because you can al- always tell tourists because we will be out there in a spring like jacket or a heavy sweater, and the Italians are going around, they have the <laughs> scarves wrapped around them. And you know, they always know uh, Americans, as they call everybody from North America, because we're the only ones in the water at the beginning of May. They're like, oh, how can they do that? So they're mild winters unless you're up in the, in the higher mountains. areas, yeah. And
0: what are the other, other? I am come from a farming background, so I'm always interested. Um, um, apart from the olives and the cheese, if there's cheese, there must be a lot of dairy farms there?
2: Yes, there are dairy farms, pig farms, of course, sheep, because sheep, that's yeah. what they use for the cheese interestingly my friend who owns a pasta factory uh in the southern part of the Marque and she exports to canada that's what i have in my cantina i should have showed some of the products they always purchase canadian wheat because it was the best (sighs) wheat however now they are going from field to factory they are growing their own wheat their in own Italy wheat. as well. Yeah, what? so you have that as crops. You have cherries. There's a huge cherry wow. crop that grows. Uh, so about now is the time for that. You have peaches, you have zucchini. I mean, that's the whole concept of the Mediterranean not sure. diet, but lifestyle, lifestyle. grow what you eat. So yeah. multitude of crops. I mean, if we think of someplace like Sicily, the almonds the pistachios oranges, yes. oranges uh, yeah. and the freshness that you you can never imagine when my cousin was alive he died 6 years ago this may it's his daughter who now has the pizzeria he had his little garden and we took our family my husband and our four children there in 2002 for a family vacation and Pasquale took us to his garden, and we picked the cantaloupe, and we picked the tomatoes, and my children who were very young, and my husband who appreciates good food, but doesn't crave it, they said they had never tasted a tomato like that, never tasted a cantaloupe like that. Mm -hmm. It's just, it was outstanding. So very diversified in their crops.
0: Sounds like it, yeah, very good. But oh, when the uh,
2: eggplants are in season, that's all you eat forever.
1: All right. <laughs> Paula, do you plan on uh, organizing more tours other than in other places other than Italy?
2: Interesting that you ask. Um, so as I said earlier, there are some of my travelers who have come on all three of my itineraries. Mm-hmm. And it started not because I planned it, but because they said after the first Trip, where are we going next? And I said, Well, I have no plans. So they said, We'd like to go to Sicily, take us there. Mm -hmm. So I created an itinerary for that. And then they said, And next? I said, Oh, come on. And uh, so we went to Puglia. Uh, I will continue. I have been to 13 of the 20 regions of Italy. And the ones that I haven't been, Uh, are to the north North, of Italy. And so if you know Chef D uh, of local fame in terms of the nutrition and the food um, uh, landscape, he and I have talked about going to Piemonte, which is in the north, and we will probably do that next year. We had talked about doing it this year. But um, one place that I am going to explore, Peter, interesting, you mentioned, is Portugal. Mm-hmm. I've been there twice. And what appeals to me and to my travelers is the smallness of it, yes. the lack of massive tourism, the great food, the absolutely incredible people, and the wine and the port, the culture and the history, you know, so those all appeal. And in fact, I have one scheduled for October of this year. And that is not going either. No. So I'm going to branch out and Portugal will be the place because I think it's the most like the places we've been.
0: I could understand that mm. from my experience yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, good, good luck with that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I should have been heading back this year, but for another leg of the Camino, I was going to do one of the French legs, but um, oh, wow. it's all closed And I, and they are starting to open up, as you know, in Europe, but... There's going to be so many people trying to cram a Camino into the last couple of months that oh, uh, I know,
2: yeah, it,
0: it just won't be the same. So I put that yeah. off for a while. Uh, uh, did you
2: hear, Peter, quickly that online there's a virtual Camino that's yes. happening? So I know, yeah, there might yeah be I just, a stopgap.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a and there's a few Zoom groups of um, peregrinos. Uh, yes, and I'm on a forum and we sort of chat and. It, Keeps the spirit going, certainly. Yes, yeah.
2: fantastic.
0: And and I got to tell you, you were talking about eighty four year olds. The oldest person I met on the Camino walking was an eighty four year old woman. She did wow. a she did a hundred kilometers.
2: That's Isn't that remarkable. Amazing? It yeah. really is.
0: That's yeah. enough for me. I'm going to hand. We're running a little short of time. We've got a couple of minutes we can play with. So I'm going to hand it back to Kathleen.
1: Wonderful. I have and I have to ask you this question, Paul, because when you said you first had the idea of doing these tours and all of a sudden you did five tours in your first year. How did that come about? I mean, how did you get the word out that you're organizing these? I mean, obviously you're a great marketer. No, no people
2: are wonderful. It was word of mouth. So the first um, time I talked about this was at a local restaurant. I hosted a pizza, beer and wine night at Casa Rugantino, which has been my favorite place. I invited about 40 people and I told them of my vision of my plan. From that, one person said, I want to go. She brought eight of her family members and I found the other four. And from that people talked. I hear you're doing this. I hear you're doing this. And that's how it happened. Now I have a website that's being updated and I've had just under a hundred people travel with me since we began and they love what happens when they're together. And that has been the mainstay people who have been generous enough to talk about their experience.
1: Excellent. That is absolutely remarkable. So Paula, yeah. if people wanted to get a hold of you, how do they do Yes. The best way is to send me an email, info
2: at mp-tours.com. They can go on Facebook. I have a page there. It's mptours. I'm on Instagram at mptours. Uh, but I'd love to get an email. And of course, Give me a call or text me five one nine two four one 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 zero six. Call me anytime.
1: Excellent. Back to you, Peter.
0: That's great. We will put all those links on there for you, Paula. Thank you. That's that. That's good. And <clears throat> thank you very much for coming on the show. We really enjoyed talking to you. I've got it. I think we're going to get you back next year when you've got your Portuguese tour organized. Uh, thank hear, you hear so some much about that. for
2: having but me.
0: But we, we're out of time. So thank you to all our viewers and listeners. Thanks to Paula. Thanks to Kathleen. Until next time, that's it from the Yacking Podcast. Goodbye, thanks, everybody. everybody. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.